Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. One week after, actually, for me, feels like I never left. Uh, do you feel the same way? I, I don't know. Perhaps we will find out. Got a ton to do, though. Absolutely ready to go. Uh, good vacay. Time to get away. First time since July. Uh, do you ever really get away, though? You know? There's always something there. Distractions, problems, issues. You fight your way through it, but uh, nonetheless... It's uh, it's good to be here. Las Vegas uh, continuously grows. I actually thought Vegas was much better than I anticipated. It wasn't as dirty as it usually is. And when I mean dirty, I'm not talking about filth. I'm not talking about scum that you see in a lot of cities. Vegas is put together nicely, but there's a ton of littering, right, with all that call girl. And I guess you can. I learned in Vegas you can't call them hookers anymore. You can't call them prostitution anymore. Yeah, you'll get canceled. They are professional sex workers. So let's get with the program, okay? Because nowadays you can get canceled for about anything, and it would include that. But if you've ever been to Vegas, you got a bunch of, uh, oh, I don't know what you would call them, um, sex worker fanboys. And all they do is hand out cards. They're like old school business cards. And it will say, call Amber, and she'll give you two knocks on the door. And there's literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. And it litters the streets. Uh, They must have come up with some sort of, um, I don't know, uh, law, rule. uh, Something came into fruition where I saw very little of that. So that was kind of cool. I also expected to be totally stoned on secondhand smoke. In Las Vegas, like I did during the final game ever as the sideline reporter for the Jacksonville Jaguars in the black hole of Oakland. I've always been told that heat rises, right? Smoke rises. Bro, I was stoned midway through the first quarter trying to do that sideline reporting a couple of years ago when Gardner Minshew let a fierce come from behind victory. All those Raider fans, you know, all the bark. Very little bite. You see all those Raider fans, you know, they got horns sticking out of their shoulder pads and they paint their faces and they don't brush their teeth and all of that. And then, of course, on Monday morning, they're up in front of a judge. No, not because they got in trouble, but because they're either a prosecutor or a defense attorney. The Oakland Raiders, to me, now in Las Vegas, probably the ultimate set of bark but do not bite collection of fans that we have in sports. I, I would put them slightly ahead of the Bills Mafia. I'm, I'm a little tepid about saying that because it is the Mafia and it is the Bills. But that's another one. I mean, how do they try to impress chicks? They jump through tables. I mean, think about that. You know, you, you know when you're old enough to finally have the courage uh, to make the uh, the maneuvering, you know, or to maneuver across the room to, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ask her what her major is, or I'm going to do whatever. And I, I don't even know. Nowadays, I don't think you kids do that, right? You swipe left, you swipe right. 
Uh, you get digits through social media. I mean, I'm jealous. I'll be the first to admit, I wish I had that type of uh, technology or had that ability to let others in front of me actually perform half of the game. But once you find out that you are attracted to someone else, you got to find a way. You got to devise your own little plan, right? You become the offensive coordinator. You become the quarterback's coach. You become the offensive line coach. You become, and you wonder, are we going to run here or pass here? She thinks you're going to run, you're going to pass. Everyone knows you're going to pass. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're going to run. So you try to figure out how to do it. Can you imagine getting totally wasted and jumping through tables and that is your go to? on how to pick up women. So, yeah, maybe we'll have a little bit of fun with that as we get things started on a return Monday. Give me the most baseless fan base, or the, the, the most um, fraudulent fan base in all of sports. One, one's, uh, you know, one that will talk so, so tough, but, you know, punch with pillows. And I'm going to put the Raiders and the Oakland Raiders at number one. I'm going to put the Buffalo Bills in at number two. Of course, our latest survey we had, according to um, – what was it, betonline.com, and uh, ChatGPT said that, in fact, it was Jacksonville and you Jaguar fans who were the weakest fans in the NFL. I didn't like the survey. I didn't disagree. I mean, I absolutely did disagree uh, with the survey. But nonetheless, if there's an opportunity to pick on you, right, people are going to do it. Uh, I won't stand for it. I'm going to have your back on situations like that. You want to pick on the team, fine. I'll pick on the team with you. You want to pick on the owner? Fine. You want to pick on Trent Bulky? Fine. I mean, I'll listen to all that. But when you pick on the fans and when you pick on the city, that's when I get uptight. Okay? Downtown's beautiful. Where else can you see a jail overlooking the St. John's River? Come on. Give it a little bit of respect. All right. It's good to have you back with us. My name is Rick Ballou in all week and uh, really fired up to go. This is going to be a very important week for so many different reasons. For starters, I'm one of those who believes Trent Bulky has to have a winning season to survive, to save his job. I'm also the one who asked him that question about three weeks ago, and he told me point blank, I don't worry about my job. Uh, there are some out there that actually do believe the Jaguars could go 4-13, and 13, and Trent Bulky will find a way to blame others. I happen to think, not by a wide margin, but I happen to believe that if this thing does not go as planned in 2024, that's it. The whole thing blows up. Trent Bulky and Doug Peterson. And I know that's really saying something. I'm sure while you were gone on vacation, you saw the graphic that came out in professional athletics with the you know four major um Hockey, the NHL, the NBA, uh, obviously the National Football League and Major League Baseball. Over the last 10 years, the Jaguars are dead last as far as win percentage. All right, 331. Uh, Just a smidge over the Jets at 337. Then you got the Detroit Pistons in at 362. We don't need to go through it all. It's just another reminder of how bad things have been around here. However, they've gone 9-8 and the last two years right? Winning seasons, won a playoff game, probably should have won another playoff game. Honestly, right? If uh, Christian Kirk catches a ball, if Jamal Agnew hangs on to a ball inside the five-yard line, you probably knock off the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. But the point with Bulky is as follows. You got to hit this year 
with your picks. You can't make your second-round guy, Brenton Strange, a fringe pick. You can't make your third-round guy, Tank Bigsby, a fringe pick. You can't do it. You've got to find starters. You've got to find guys to come in day one and immediately contribute the way that Anton Harrison did a year ago. And Anton Harrison was really good, okay? If anything, I thought coaching hurt him, uh, certainly going back to the Kansas City game. That was a big-time disappointment. But you look at some of the numbers, 701 pass-blocking attempts for Anton Harrison as a rookie. He only allowed five sacks. He only allowed 27 pressures. And he took on some really heavy lifting, some enormous talent in his rookie season. And, of course, we still don't know. I mean, I just got back from Vegas where everyone bets. I did not. But where would you set the odds right now at Anton Harrison as being your starting left tackle? on opening day. Not right, left tackle. As a matter of fact, you could probably get even odds on Walker Little, Cam Robinson, or Anton Harrison as your starting left tackle. It gets back to what I have said forever, and I am certainly going to say it more and more and more beginning tonight. This becomes the most important off season in Jaguars history. There is no shortage of major decision after decision after decision that this organization is going to have to make. What I think should be somewhat comforting to you, Jaguar fans, I believe Trent Bulky is going to change his ways just a little bit because I think he's feeling the pressure of the job. I could be dead wrong. Again, I gave you a scenario five minutes ago that they could go 4-13 and and he could keep it. I'm taking the other side. I think the whole thing gets blown out if they do not win. Now, you raise the salary cap, what, $255.4 million. It's an increase of $30.6 million, man, in just one year. So, all of a sudden, Jacksonville has the ability to basically do what they want. And, you know, these numbers are always clouded. You never really – It's I guess if you're in big-time business – you hire accounting firms and, you know, can you cook the books? Can you do this? Can you get I, I don't know. I'm not involved in, in – uh, Blue Radio Incorporated is pretty damn small, okay? I can manage those numbers fine. But you look at spot rack or spot track, I guess, $30,147,000 is where the Jaguars are right now at this moment. We're over the cap tells us $24,421,000. So you're somewhere in that neighborhood. And, of course, they are going to – create millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars with some salary cap casualties that are really going to begin to happen uh, in the in the month ahead of us. It's going to happen in March. And, you know, all of a sudden you look at today. You know, it's just a normal Monday, and you find out that Cincinnati's putting a tag on T. Higgins, right? He's a guy that this shouldn't be a surprise to you football fans. I, I don't believe it is. But T. Higgins is a guy that I think some were hoping uh, to get here. You know, a former Clemson guy. I, I, I do think it's time for Trevor Lawrence uh, outside of the most important issue, which is fixing that offensive line. I would like to see Trevor Lawrence with a big weapon a big wide receiver weapon. I'm not talking about a number five or number six guy that may make the roster and may be healthy on game day. I'm talking about a proven product uh, in the league or something that you address 
coming out of the draft, which right now I'm not a big fan of because my entire approach is absolutely on the offensive line. I mean, we'll see what happens this week at the Combine, but Jackson Powers Johnson out of Oregon is without any question the guy that I would draft at number 17, okay? I've been saying that now for a couple of weeks. Will I change my mind in the next 59 days? Perhaps. But right now, I think you need the best center who's available. Uh, just my opinion. But anyway, getting to T. Higgins, you tag him today, $21.8 million. So you have until December 5th, or excuse me, you have the, until March 5th. So you got a week. You know, you, that's basically what you have. And Trent Bulky in this organization now has to decide what are they going to do when it comes to the two biggest free agents who the Jaguars could say goodbye to. Number one, Josh Allen. He is coming back. And my best guess is he gets the franchise tag. You pay him $24 million. You hope you can get a long-term deal done with him until the deadline approaches, which is in July. That gives you the entire summer, or at least most of the summer, to try to negotiate. Josh Allen has said he wants to be here. Trent Bulky has said that he is going to stay here. $24 million is phenomenal, okay, for one year. It is just unthinkable. But Josh Allen wants a long-term deal. He wants security. He wants four years, right? He wants $100 million. So what are they going to do? So once we get through that, this is where it becomes complicated. T. Higgins with the franchise tag. All right, who does that leave? Michael Pittman? And he's a good wide receiver. I, listen, I, I, don't, I wouldn't want to pay Michael Pittman $22 million a year, would you? I wouldn't. Mike Evans has been a mark of consistency in this league. Ten years, 1,000-plus yards receiving every year. He's 31. He's been nicked at times, but again, he is consistent. Um... You want to make a run at a 31-year-old wide receiver. Now, that, that, that gives you two things. I just talked about a big-bodied wide receiver, right? You get that in Mike Evans. Three inches taller. Three-plus three inches taller. I'll have to look it up officially uh, to see what it is there with Mike Evans. Um, but taller than Calvin Ridley. And then that leaves you with Calvin Ridley. So, you know, the thinking is if within the next week you get a long-term deal done with Josh Allen – you can just apply the tag on Calvin Ridley. I totally disagree with that. You can't put a tag on Calvin Ridley. And I keep reading this. And I'm like, did you people watch the year? He fooled us during August at the Miller Electric Center, where truly, being at every one of these camps outside of the seven years I was in Chicago, he was one of the greatest practice wide receivers, one of the greatest practice players I have ever seen. He was that phenomenal. He legitimately was. But something went wrong. The numbers will argue that. The numbers will say, Baloo, what are you talking about? I mean, he had 1,000 yards. He was second in receptions. He was okay. All right, we're talking about $22 million a year for a guy that was underwhelming. What happened to the big play? What happened to the touchdown? What ha- or touchdowns? What happened to the game-breaking plays that – I won't throw any other members of the media under the bus. I'll just simply mention my name. I told each and every one of you it was going to happen. Uh, It did not. And then on top of that, the lack of communication, right? Was he running the right routes? Was he not aware of what was happening? What actually did occur uh, 
with his weight loss or absolutely his lack of weight gain. His yak was terrible. I mean, he wasn't breaking tackles. And when you think of Calvin Ridley, that's not really his responsibility. But the guy's got some wiggle. I mean, every once in a while, right, you can make a guy miss. Not Calvin Ridley. Where Calvin Ridley catches the ball is where Calvin Ridley, that's where it is. First and 10 or whatever it is down in distance. He's, he's not giving you anything extra as far as yards after catch. So, you know, and then that whole thing with the media where he got kind of surly here in town. Brother, are you going to go to a major metropolitan city where you couldn't even answer that one question? A day later, Press Taylor had to throw Trevor Lawrence under the bus three times coming out and saying it was the quarterback's fault because we know that Calvin Wrigley is soft. He's mentally soft. And I'm not making fun of him. He's had a real issue with this. It cost him, um, you know, severely throughout his career. But he is anti-criticism. And it affects him on the field and clearly affects him off the field. It's not like Calvin Wrigley's thinking, yeah, let's go to New York. You know, let's go to Dallas. Let's go play football in New England. I mean, he can't handle the media here. How the hell is he going to handle the media in one of those cities? But you can't pay him a franchise tag amount. This man has to practice. If there's one guy on this football team not named Trevor Lawrence who has to practice every single day, it's Calvin Ridley. If Josh Allen does the typical franchise tag holdouts and, and, and isn't here and shows up whenever he wants to show up. Josh Allen's going to be okay. It's not perfect, but he's going to be okay. Not Calvin Ridley. So the moral of the story is with Higgins getting tagged, all of a sudden Calvin Ridley could find himself as the number one most attractive available wide receiver in the market when the league opens in two weeks. Yeah, you got Michael Pittman, and yeah, you got Mike Evans, and I don't know if it's going to happen with Evans. Reports are he's not going to get tagged. We'll see if there is one for Michael Pittman. I haven't seen anything roll in. Heck, it could tonight as well. But uh, it's it's all really just uh, just a lot of fun, right? To uh, to 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 be um, to be relevant. You're relevant. We're not talking about the first pick in the draft. We're not talking about winning a game or winning three games. You're relevant. You're disappointed, but you're relevant. You, you've won nine games. Your starting point is so much better. Nine and eight, nine and eight. Playoff win, left at the altar this year. We all get it. You lost five of six, but you got a better starting point. And I can remember years going to the combine. I can remember years doing this where Jacksonville was a meaningless footnote. That's not the case. You're involved in all of this, in all of these stories. You have the ability to go out and spend money on a premier free agent. You have the ability right now to take this money and make Trevor Lawrence the second highest paid player in the NFL. I feel you right now. I, 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 not a lot of you are like, no, don't do it. Yeah, everything's changed in a year, hasn't it? Trevor, in one year, it's like last year at this time, I was saying, do it. Get it done. Get, you know, pay him now. You'll benefit in the long run. Now it's like, no, 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 no. We need a show-me year, okay? There's no way i pay Trevor Lawrence that he, forever. Give him an offensive line. See what he can do. If he doesn't get it done with an improved offensive line, then I really think you've got to start to ask yourself, hey, maybe he isn't 
the generational talent. Maybe he isn't the franchise quarterback. At least give him that offensive line. So really, man, it's it's got to be cool to be a Jags fan, even though I, I, I still sense disappointment. And I, I also sense from a lot of you that you're, you're kind of under the umbrella of, oh boy, whatever decisions they make are going to be the wrong decisions. And I hate that, but I'm feeling it. If I'm wrong, please correct me. I still think it's going to be an incredibly fascinating offseason. Everything this team is going to have to do to put themselves in position to win in 2024. It all gets underway this week, beginning at the Combine. As soon as you get back, bam. The league year starts, free agency starts, the NFL draft, as I said, again, only 59 days away. So, I mean, it is right here in front of us. All right, we got plenty to do tonight. R.J. Saunders in. J.J. is out abroad. He's all across Europe. Good to have you with us, young man. How you doing? Good, Rick. How are you? Been a little while. You got your ears lowered. Absolutely, yeah. You look good. You visit T-Wig. Who takes care of your hairs? Oh, my dad takes care of my hair. Okay. Okay, I need to go see T-Wig. T-Wig moved. He's way out by the airport, man. That's That's a haul. I mean, it takes five minutes to cut my hair, and I have to drive all the way to the airport to get it done. Come on, T-Wig. I mean, T-Wig, can we get you back here, you know, somewhere closer to to actually where Jacksonville is? But, uh, hey, you're producing the show all week. We're going to have a lot of fun, just like some old days. Oh, absolutely. I'm excited. 641-1010, always the best way to join us. That is our text line brought to you by Lifetime. Enclosures. All right, took in Vegas, took in the show at U2 at the Spear, and you know what? Thank goodness my eyes were outstanding. I want to thank Schmunez Vision because I can't imagine what it's like right now going through life without outstanding eyesight. So, make an appointment, sure. Get a eye examination, that's basic. You know, get a new prescription for your contacts, get a new prescription uh, for your eyeglasses. But what about things that are far more significant? All right, we're talking about a family organization. They focus on personal, high-quality medical and surgical eye care. Had surgery on my right eye eight and a half years ago. Dr. Catherine Schmunez, fellowship trained in cornea cataract surgery as well as all refractive surgery. So, yeah, eight and a half years ago, simple appointment. Dr. Neil Schmunez said, you need surgery tomorrow. He did it the very next day. Never been an issue. Never been a setback. It's only a little part of what they do. I want you to check it all out online. Just go to Schmunez Vision. That is Schmunez Vision. Care you can see the good folks out at the beach. That is Schmunez Vision. So let's get rolling. we got a ton to do right here on a Monday edition. The best way for you to get on in is on our text line. That's 641-1010. And it's brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Tell how much of a U2 fan I am. Not only did I spend mucho, mucho dinero to see him in Vegas, and I will never complain about the cost of entertainment. I saw the U2 cover band last night at the beach walk, and it was freezing, that water ripping off the Atlantic. I thought they did a pretty nice job out of Sarasota. They're called Us 2 or Us U2. And uh, they closed down the shop last night. I was able to get a nice round in at Slammer and Squire with some buddies and then I head out there to the show. So it was good. A lot of people ask me about the spear. You got to go. I think the dead's up next. You know, Derek Trucks, I 
went back and forth with him. He went over to um, Mexico with the dead. They, they have some original members, Bob Weir uh, and a few others, but I, I guess they're next at the Spear. And, you know, I would expect it to be one band after another and, and have a residency. I think you 2 ended up doing like 40 shows, maybe a few more. They got a couple left here in early March. And then hopefully they'll announce a, uh, a United States tour. Uh, rumors are they're, they're going overseas somewhere. But it was really enjoyable. It, it was great. And, you know, the first time I saw him was in 84, 1984. This is my 29th time seeing him. I'd rank it top 10, top 12. And, and, you know, it's like everything else in life. When you see them when they're younger, they're, they're totally different human beings. I remember Bono when he was climbing up on rafters of the Worcester Centrum and a Larry Bird game day, game day jersey, you know, right after uh, the Celtics won in 84. And, and they were just younger then. They were hyped up. I, who knows what um, the cocktail was. Uh, before they took the stage, although Bono and the Edge have always maintained that, and Larry Mellon Jr. that they they're not dopers, they're not they're not druggies. I I don't know, I don't care. Uh, of course, we can't say the same about Adam Clayton, who got arrested with like nineteen g- huge trash bags full of dope. Uh, that was probably thirty years or so ago. But it, it, it's a really neat atmosphere in there. It's um incredible seating. You know, the, the the effects that surround the spear are will take you to places like you're deep in the ocean to being in outer space to being in the jungle with all these animals. I mean, it, it's really tough to explain this way. It's, it's one of the very few things in life where I, I feel you need pictures to kind of support it. But it's out there. It, it's viral. Uh, it was 30-plus years of, uh, of Act Tom Baby, so they played the entire album. You know, they played like the first seven or eight songs, then broke, uh, mixed in a few others, some classics, then finished up the set, uh, and then, you know, walked out of there with, uh, with more familiar songs that, that you would like. My only disappointment is they didn't play one song off their first four albums. You know, they didn't play Boy, October, War, or Unforgettable Fire. And some of my all-time favorite songs, including Bad, which is their greatest live performance. They, and they did that the last time I saw them, Tampa and Miami, which were outdoor shows. You know, that was, uh, what, 30 years plus going back to the uh, Joshua Tree. So they still sound really good. Larry Mullen Jr. had uh, shoulder surgery, so they had someone filling in drums-wise for him. But it's worth going, whether you can see them or any band. And, you know, Las Vegas is always a just a, a phenomenal time. Also went to the Mob Museum. RJ, you'd have fun at the Mob. You're a big Mob guy, right? Oh, when I was doing radio with you, like that first go yeah. around, yeah, we talk about the Mob a lot. I was very interested. Bugsy Siegel and Meyer Lansky and Larry Rosenthal and Tony Spilatro, who, you know, was the toughest five-foot-four guy. Uh, outside of Charles Manson. Manson wasn't tough. Manson just got you with the mind. Spilatro came after you with the hands and whatever else, and he was like 5'4", and of course he was the one that he and his brother were uh, were murdered and, and buried alive in Iowa. It's that scene from uh, Casino where, uh, where Joe Pesci plays him. But I really enjoyed that. The Mob Museum was cool. So uh, Vegas looks great. It, it does. It, it 
um, it was a lot cleaner than I thought it would be. And I didn't smell as much secondhand marijuana smoke as I expected. So overall, it was a very good trip. But it's even better to be back here. Tomorrow, Doug Peterson at 1230. He'll also be on the Frangie Show. Trent Bulky at 1, also on the Frangie Show. I, I'm really anticipating something with these two tomorrow. I don't know what. And, you know, I've heard these forever, general managers and, and head coaches, and it's almost like they're providing their service for their fans, right? Here's what's going on. We're here. You know, we're excited. The league starts in two years. There's a lot of prospects here and got to do this and do that. I just have a feeling we're going to be able to get a little something out of this. and. You know, I can think of instances, and I won't bore you with them, with Gus Bradley and Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. And there were times where I was like, was that legit? Was that real? Was that some gamemanship? Was that place there, you know, uh, on purpose so the media would create a little something? Remember the whole thing about a veteran quarterback and a rookie quarterback? Remember that taking off with Doug Marone? I thought that was really, <clears throat> excuse me, interesting. Uh, a couple of years ago. So I don't think we're going to get through this press conference or press conferences tomorrow and be like, that's it. We know exactly what the Jaguars are going to do with Calvin Wrigley, Josh Allen, and Ezra Cleveland, and Jamal Agnew, and and everyone else out of the 21 free agents that they have. But I, I do think something uh, will happen tomorrow, whether it's planted or not. So I, I think tomorrow's a really good day for you uh, to be listening nonstop. Should be a lot of great stuff coming out of Indy with both Doug Peterson at 12.30 and Trent Bulky at 1 o'clock. You know, I got to say this, and I, I, I do appreciate the effort for anyone who puts together mock drafts, for anyone who puts together boards, for anyone at all who is involved with the draft process. Because I've always felt this way. If you really do it right it's a very, it, it is such a grind, film study, and then putting it on paper. And I'm not talking about plagiarism here or copycat stuff here or you know what it's like in anything in life, whether it's a restaurant you visit or it's listening to the radio. You, you know who puts in the effort and you know who just mails it in, right? It's pretty. It should be pretty obvious to... Normal human beings out there. You can tell who does it, and you can tell who does not do it. There's nothing worse than the draft nicks out there that are trying to make a little bit of side cash, and they don't put forth the effort. The others, I salute and I respect, and we get them on the radio, and they put in endless amounts of time, probably not for the pay that they deserve, but I don't like what I keep seeing. It's corner after corner after corner after corner. and. These draft Knicks are not based in Jacksonville. These draft Knicks are based all across the planet, right? And they're writing for them wherever, including the Senior Bowl a couple of weeks ago. And they'll be at Indy this week. But I keep seeing corner, corner, corner. Kool-Aid McKinstry, right? Terry and Arnold out of Alabama. Nate Wiggins out of Clemson. TJ Tampa out of Iowa State. It's defensive back after defensive back. And I get it. In 2025... The Jaguars only have two corners 
on their roster. Okay, now that's a year away. But still, you've got Buster Brown and you've got Christian Braswell. That's it. Final year for Darius Williams. A lot of people think they're going to recoup $11 million. Is Darius Williams a quote-unquote Ryan Nielsen press man cover defensive back? Although, right before I slid out for vacay, Ryan Nielsen, the way he kind of described the way he runs his defense, and I credit Trent Bulky here because he said it a couple of weeks prior to that, even though the stats say it's man-to-man, in a lot of principles, it's not entirely that. He said man and bail and different type of, uh, of, of coverages that will end up being so. The mark of a great coach, any great coach, is not to come in with just your system and say run it, regardless of the talent level that you have. Great coaches will look at what you have and say, we need to do this, we need to do that. There's no way, two years ago when he was in New Orleans, his defense is the same as it will be this year in Jacksonville. There's no way last year's defense in Atlanta, he was a Kobe defense coordinator two years ago in New Orleans, last year in Atlanta when he became a full-time defensive coordinator. The talent he had in Atlanta is not going to be the same as the talent he has here in Jacksonville. So you can't just, you can't be Jimbo Fisher. And that was Jimbo. That was his hard-headedness. That was Jimbo. All right? Even first-round draft picks like Christian Ponder and um, E.J. Manuel, they didn't completely understand what Jimbo wanted to do. Jameis got it all. Jameis ate it up. Jameis knew, and Jameis still, as great as Jameis was, he made a ton of mistakes at Florida State. How many times did Jameis throw in the triple coverage or double? I mean, that was Jameis. Jameis was... Jameis was Lord Favre. He was Brett Favre, right? He was going to make mistake after mistake after mistake, but he was going to find a way in the fourth quarter. He was going to lead that team to a victory. And you could break him down mentally, physically. You do whatever you want. Jameis was going to be Jameis. Same deal with a guy like Brett Favre. Uh, but he got it. And Jimbo didn't adjust. He didn't adjust after Jameis. He didn't adjust to Texas A&M. Great coaches do that. So we'll see what happens here with Ryan Nielsen. But you got Buster Brown and Christian Braswell. I mean, final year for Williamson, final year for Tyson Campbell. You know, right now, I would try to find a way to get Tyson Campbell done. And when it comes to Darius Williams, let him play the final year of his contract. I'm not messing with him this year. But again, I'm looking it up. $11.5 million is his cap figure. Man, you could say goodbye to him and eat five hundred grand and bring back eleven million dollars. So, what if you do that and then go for another position player? I, I don't know. Again, they're going to have a lot of money here. All of a sudden, this football team, and you start looking at the cap casualties, and he could be one. I'm going to go through that later in the week. We've done it before. They're going to restructure deals. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're obviously going to restructure Christian Kirk. And I think they're going to uh, re- restructure uh, Aloacon. Those two make total sense. Uh, some believe they'll restructure Cam Robinson. I, I would move on. I, I think they move on from sh- – I think they cut. So you're going to free up all this money. Sheriff, Robinson, Big Foley, uh, Big Foley, Rayshon Jenkins, Zay Jones, 
And that's probably it. That's probably it, in my opinion. But that's freeing up millions and millions. I'm going to do that later in the week. Have a little bit of fun with that. Get you involved. What do you think the Jags should do? We'll, we'll kind of play a restructure or just flat-out release um, situation. But I'm not touching Darius. Out of the ones that I mentioned, I'm not touching Darius Williams. And I'm going to restructure Christian Kirk, and I'm going to restructure Aloha Khan. Those are the definite moves that I am going to make. All right, we got much more to do. Getting a lot of good stuff in on the text line. That is appreciated. 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Do want to thank the good folks over at Patriot Roofing Services, specializing in all types of commercial residential roofing and repairs, gutters, sun tubes, skylights as well. Give Mark Tizzolo a call. He happened to be out in Vegas this past weekend as well. Always good to see Mark. 982-4052. 9824052 10-year workmanship warranty financing is available military and senior citizen discounts no subcontractors again call mark 9824052 or better yet just go online patriot roofing services they specialize in all types of commercial and residential roofing and repairs all right let's get some stuff from you in on the other side 6411010 if you'd like to join us that is the text line it's brought to you by lifetime enclosures into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. There you go, RJ. Something off my walk, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Be a little bit of that old school feel. A little bit of clubbing in Vegas. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Yep, yep, yep. I think they call it the uh, the Aria, the Aria. One of the two. It's right, right where I stayed. Unbelievable accommodations, just simply phenomenal. And, um, you know, I hadn't been there in 10 years. I haven't been there since the Knowles won the Natty. I was going to ask you, how many times have you been to Vegas? Oh, I've probably been 25 times, but I was, you know, most of those were on when I was in Chicago and I had them fooled that I knew a little something about boxing. Used to do it out of the uh, Mandalay Bay, right there where the sports book is with the, uh, with the late Burt Sugar. And during football season, I hate to say this, now the late... Gil Brandt, but um, too many people are dying, man. And 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 Bert's been gone for ten plus years. But um, uh, anyway, in uh, uh, in 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 Vegas, what the heck was I? Uh, what the heck was I going to say? I can't even think of it now because uh, I got a little uh, disjointed there thinking about uh, Bert and uh, okay and uh, and Gil Brandt, but. You know, I went out there and I stayed there, and, and uh, we took a party bus over to uh, uh, to the Rose Bowl when uh, when Florida State beat Auburn um, with the late Jim Kane too. So everyone I'm talking about is dead, uh, which sucks. Too many people are dying, and if you're going to die, you should visit Vegas at least once. Uh, maybe not bet though. That's what I find myself not doing. Here's what I was going to say. I guess for a long, long time there were no direct flights from Jacksonville to Las Vegas. I do a layover? Yeah, well, that's the way it was, but apparently that's changed now. All right, so we had the uh, the direct flight uh, on the way from here to Vegas, which was really early on Saturday morning. I, I did have to make a connection coming back in Dallas, okay? But here's where it gets tricky. What's more important to someone on vacation? This is a very important question, ladies and gentlemen. Stop everything you're doing and listen. 
okay? Because this next time I need to know. We leave at 12.30 Monday night slash Tuesday morning, okay? That's 12.30 Vegas time, so it's 3.30 a.m. here. Yeah. Nothing but the best for the GF, okay? I mean, she wants top four at the area. She's got it. She wants a suite. She's got it. She wants first class flight. She's got it. Whatever she wants. Whatever baby wants, baby gets. Okay, it's as simple as that. So, what do you do at 12.30 slash 3.30 when you're sitting in the second row and you have free drinks? Do you shut it down? Do you put on Pink Floyd and just shut it down? Or do you drink free cocktail after free cocktail? Well, I'm on vacation, so it's free cocktail after free cocktail. The only problem is you get to Dallas, and it's so damn early in the morning There's not even anything open. So I can't get any alcohol for like a two-hour period in Dallas, get back on the plane, same deal, first class to Jacksonville. Do you continue with it with Bloody Marys, knowing that it's going to be a long Tuesday, or do you finally shut it down then? How are you feeling after the first couple of cocktails? Before you you landed to Dallas, how are you feeling? I was feeling just incredible, but I had a two-hour wait. Where I couldn't right. get anything, couldn't get anything. And, you know, when that happens, you either get tired or you develop a headache or something along those lines. So do you start, and I did. I went with the Bloody Marys and started up again, but I was just wondering what would have been more important, that or what I didn't do. I mean, if it would have been me, I'm probably going to sleep. I mean, 3.30 in the morning, holy cow, man. And then who, who drove home? Oh, I did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, don't, I never drive. My girlfriend doesn't drink. No, she didn't drink at all. She never does. So uh, she was able to. I was thinking that both home. of you guys were going to be no. super tired. Yeah, maybe get tired, like an Uber yes. or something. Tired, yes. No, but she. If if that was the normal case, then yeah, we would do that. But anyway, just letting you know, I didn't even remember the name of the airline, but uh, there is now a direct flight uh, from Las Vegas to Jacksonville and Jacksonville to Las Vegas. Uh, the one thousand says blue. So what's your point? for the Jaguars to move forward. My point is this. Put together the best offensive line that you can. I don't want this offseason, which is, you know, 11 months away. I don't want next year's offseason to be one of uncertainty, to be one where, again, five people believe this, five people believe that. Basically, you're half pregnant. You need, excuse me, you need to know one thing by the conclusion of this year. Is Trevor Lawrence the guy or is Trevor Lawrence not the guy? You're obviously going to pick up his fifth-year option, right? You've got a little bit of time to do that. That is set in stone. I would be shocked if you were to pay him a long-term contract extension for the amount of money that all of those quarterbacks have received in the past year. It's not time. Because you don't know. But give him the best offensive line that you can. And an offensive line that isn't consistently 30th or 31st in about every single statistical or analytical category that there is. The Jaguars were dead last last year in rushing attempts where the ball carrier was hit at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. More than 25% of the time. Dead last. And people will say, well, the sacks, even though it was an all-time high with Trevor, you know, it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Well, 
a lot of that is to credit Trevor Lawrence. He still is pretty good at escaping the pocket. Now, Trevor makes a lot of mistakes. I'm not here as an apologist for Trevor Lawrence. My confidence in him has waned in a year. I'm not giving up. Not even close. Not even in the same stratosphere as giving up. But my confidence level is not as high now as it was last year at this time. And a lot of that is because he was injured. He was injured. He was injured. He was injured. Protect him. Give him the best offensive line you can. Even though Travis Etienne has given you 1,000-plus yards in consecutive years, that's kind of a boring stat, right? I mean, that's kind of an old stat. His average per carry went from 5.1 to 3.8. Think about that. Average per carry, 5.1. First and 10, you give him the ball at second and five. You give him the ball second and five. First down, Jacksonville. First down, Jack. I mean, you love it. Running the ball. Offensive line's lathered up. You're lathered up. You're running the ball. You're taking clock. Your defense is resting. All of a sudden, their defense has to change. They got to put an extra man in the box. That'll hopefully open things up when you can pass. I mean, give it to them. Give an offensive line. 5.1 to 3.8. So if you do give him, and I credit Trent Bulky, he gave him skill position guys. He went out and found Christian Kirk. Didn't find him, but but paid him. He's put up career highs. He went out and did the same with Zay Jones two years ago before his injuries this past year. Career highs. Evan Ingram, career highs. Okay? Made a wonderful trade for Calvin Ridley. One that is now risky. You know, what if they do put the tag on him? You're not going to sign him to a long-term deal now because you'd have to give Atlanta your second-round pick. You're going to wait until after the season begins to do that, and it would only cost you a third-round pick. However, that's a gamble because you allow Calvin Ridley to listen to the 31 other teams that are out there that may be interested. If you're joining us for the first time today, T. Higgins, was tagged $21,816,000, man. That would be the exact same amount that the Jaguars would have to pay at Calvin Ridley. But that is what I want more than anything. Give this man the best offensive line that you can, okay? Go ahead and draft Jackson Powers Johnson with his 17th pick in the draft. Luke Fortner's a great guy. He's not a starting center in the National Football League. And you as Jaguar fans do not deserve to be told he's getting bigger and stronger in the weight room. He gets blown off the ball. He cannot be the center for this football team. He can't. Okay? You don't know what you're going to do at either one of the two tackle positions. <laughs> Again, you, you, you drafted a left tackle at 23 starts, 22 at left at Oklahoma and put him on the right side. He learned on the fly, and he did He did well. A lot of talk, he's going to the left side. What does that leave for Walker Little? What does that leave for Cam? We don't know. Who's your left guard? We don't know. Who's your right guard? We don't know. I mean, I get Cooper Hodges' tweets and texts, and every day, the guy's a seventh-round pick who basically redshirted. <laughs> You don't know if he can play. I mean, that is a ma- I mean, that is a major question mark. So, 
Give him the best offensive line that you can. And then evaluate. And if Trevor has 21 turnovers, Trevor makes egregious mistakes, mental mistakes, like he did this past year, then you got to ask yourself, he may not be it. But at least give him that. And then you can say, he's a 24-year-old man who'll be 25 in October. I would hate it if they went corner and, and all this other nonsense and then just tried to work with a patchwork offensive line and go into the season. That's so, the answer to your question, the 1,000, that's exactly what I would do. Put the best offensive line that you can together. Even the great ones rest. That includes the Blue Crab Crab House. Often this Monday, back at it tomorrow. My goodness, the Mardi Gras menu continues for only a couple of more days. Okay? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Absolutely sensational. You won't get this type anywhere else in town. Visit them right off of San Jose, Jillington Creek Road, the great folks at the Blue Crab Crab House. All right, when we come back, hour number two, got a little bit of some college football I want to throw at you. Want to get into some golf. I mean, it's here. The Southern Swing is here. The players is two weeks away. Um, What is going on right now with the PGA Tour? Are you concerned or do you kind of love what we are witnessing? We'll talk about that as well coming up in hour number two. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. 321 players on their way to balmy Indianapolis for the National Football League Combine. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Not going to do it. Matter of fact, he's shutting everything down. He's not going to work out at his pro day at Ohio State. And um, yeah, I guess he's in a in a rare scenario where he could only hurt himself. Uh, the film can do all the talking. Uh, the bloodlines will do all the talking. And many believe he will be the first positional player selected. You could have three quarterbacks go one, two, three. That happened a couple of years ago uh, with Trevor, right? In, in Trevor's draft class, you had uh, three straight it was Trevor, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, one, two, three. How did that work out? Trevor, Zach, and Trey. In 1999, you had Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and Achilles Smith. So, Couch was a total bust. Achilles Smith was a bust. Trey Lance, uh, Zach Wilson... You've had one who's made it in Donovan McNabb, albeit he didn't win a Super Bowl. He came close right here in Jacksonville, right against the Patriots. And we're waiting on Trevor Lawrence. So I don't know if that means anything, but yeah, most believe that it's going to go one, two, and three uh, this year, right? We'll see. Drake May, Caleb Williams, uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, McCarthy's moving up, Penix. Didn't have a great senior bowl, I guess, but uh, we shall see. So, anyway, that, that all begins um, tomorrow officially. Again, Doug Peterson at 12.30 tomorrow. We'll meet the media. Trent Bulky at 1 o'clock tomorrow. 
will meet the media. It's going to be a busy day. Reportedly, both will be on uh, with Frank and Hayes out there live as well. So that that is a must listen. We'll have plenty of comments on that after uh, the interviews coming up tomorrow night. Boy, they just do not value running backs. And, and this is not a secret to anyone out there listening. But Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard, neither one of the three are going to be tagged. And it would have cost $14,149,000. I think they would have tagged him for fourteen Um, You know, the Jaguars kind of lost in all this. And as I keep saying, this is the most incredible offseason they've ever going to have. The most, uh, you know, I think just one decision after another. Do you pick up the fifth-year option on Travis Etienne? You have until May 2nd. I mean, there's no doubt they're going to pick up the fifth-year option on Trevor Lawrence. I mean, th- there's no question about it. And, and that, that is actually somewhere in the neighborhood of about $13 million cheaper than not doing it and then putting a franchise tag. Yeah, let me get the particulars right here. I have them for you. Trevor Lawrence, his fifth-year option will cost Jacksonville $21 million, okay? If you were to franchise tag him next year, it would be somewhere in the neighborhood of $35-plus dollars. Trevor will play this year at $11,700,000. Uh, you get to the situation with, um, uh, with, with, uh, with ETN. Uh, I thought I had the figures here. I guess I do not. Uh, that is a disappointment for you as, as much as it is uh, for me. But anyway, give me an opportunity to look that up here in just a little bit. I want to say it's somewhere in the neighborhood of, a, uh, you know, 10 to $11 million would be his fifth-year option. Um, let me see. What's he going to make this year? Where are you at, ETN? ETN this year has a cap number of $4,195,000. Let's see. His base salary is um, uh, $4 million uh, for Travis Etienne. Then there's a couple of bonuses on there that uh, that do basically add up to nearly another million dollars. So, yeah, it's, it's very cost-affordable. There's no question about that. Uh, but, you know, what does that mean in year five? Uh, when it's all said for Travis Etienne, we shall see. And and the only reason why I added that is that it, there just seems to be very little interest anymore in running backs, right? I mean, you can just find running backs. And are you going to pay that amount of money at that position? And even though if you were to rank Jaguar players and say that if you were to rank Jaguar players 1 through 10, who are the 10 best players on this year's team? It'd be very interesting to me to see where you would put Travis Etienne. It would. But on the flip side, again, his average per carry went from 5.1 to 3.8. And that is a colossal difference in just one year. So I just don't think the value is there. And, and again, I mean, people have already given up in this town on Tank Bigsby. I, I say it all the time. Don't be so fast with that. Because the ego comes into play. Use the second-round pick on Tank Bigsby. They're going to do everything in their power to try to turn him around in one year and have him become a big part of, uh, of what this football team ends up doing. 
We shall see. 0489 Blue, I don't see them picking up ETN's option uh, by your birthday. I guess your birthday is on May 2nd. He's given you two years. He lost his first year, as we know, to a severe injury. Right now, I would pick it up. I think Travis Etienne's an important part of this football team. I would pick up that fifth-year option. Therefore, he knows he's got uh, the money there for him, not only in 2024, but in 2025. So it would ease, you know, ease his mind just a little bit, although I'm sure his camp wants to get uh, a long-term contract extension. I, it's just, you know, change happens all the time. And this is tough for me to accept because, you know, when I grew up watching football in the 70s, it, it was such a different style of game, right? And running the ball was what everyone did. And it was the most important part of, of, of football in the 70s. I mean, you just look at Walter Payton and Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett and even in the 80s with Barry Sanders and, and, uh, and Emmett Smith, I mean, you just go on and on and on and just how potent the running back game was and what it meant to a football team. How many guys right now in this league would you sacrifice your franchise for to sign? Would you do it with the great Christian McCaffrey? I mean, the guy had 80 yards rushing and 80 yards receiving a couple of weeks ago in the Super Bowl. He had 160 yards in the line of scrimmage. And hit pay dirt at least once. And they lost. You know, Derrick Henry at this age? You're going to spend money on Der- Derrick Henry? You're going to spend money on James Cook? What happened, to, what happened to his older brother? I mean, a year ago at this time, he was getting released by, by Minnesota after putting up video game numbers. And he got that huge contract, and they said, forget about it. We're releasing them. And, and look it, it was a disaster this year. Look at these high-priced guys. Look what happened to Todd Gurley. Look what happened to, to Le'Veon Bell. Look at what happened to Zeke Elliott. I mean, you just go on and on and on. It, it just hasn't worked. Who, who are you spending money on? You spending money on Kyron Williams, DeAndre Swift, Najee Harris, are you spending money on Raheem uh, Mostert at this at this time in, in his career? Uh, the Falcons, a very high draft pick this past year for a rookie, and Bajan Robinson. Remember all the hype on Saquon Barkley before the injuries when he came out four years ago? Um, you know, Detroit used the first-round pick on Gibbs. That certainly did work. I mean, Josh Jacobs has been a very productive. Let me look at his numbers real quick before I move on. Josh Jacobs in his career, man, I mean, five years, 73 games, 1,300 carries, 5,545 yards. He has been a bell cow. 4.2 is average, 46 touchdowns. I caught another 197 balls. For another 1,500 yards. I mean, the guy's been an absolute animal. And they're not even picking up a franchise tag on him. They're like, see ya. Go go test the waters. <laughs> you know, during the Super Bowl, Leonard Fournette tweeted out that he's got three more Super Bowl rings in him. At least that was his tweet. Leonard had to have been wasted, right? But look what happened to Leonard Fournette. Look what happened to 
there, there comes a time. I mean, look at having the James Robinson here. <laughs> it just went away, right? And in two years, Travis Etienne could be a, a in two years, Travis Etienne could be Miles Jack. I mean, honestly, who really saw the Miles Jack situation happening? When this new regime got here, Miles Jack was a top 10 Jaguar. And bam, before you knew it, he was gone. Now he's out of the league. I get it. He came back, what, the very tail end of the year for Pittsburgh. But he's basically gone. And that happens. This is for younger people, but I just cannot understand. I mean, the complete, absolute lack of respect for running backs in the NFL. That, that's the one position in college where if you have any game at all, I remember years ago after Florida State won it, I was like, Devontae Freeman, I was like, man, go back another year. Improve your status, right? I think he ended up being a third-round pick. I was like, improve it. You know, I was talking to Scott. He's like, why? He's working for free. He's taking all those hits for free. Now, things have changed, obviously, today with the NIL. You can make some cash. But that would be the one, you know, if I was a big-time quarterback or a big-time position player or whatever, and I had a chance to really improve my stock and I was making some decent cabbage on campus, I would stay for that reason, that reason only. Really improve your status. Not at running back. Uh-uh. That's the one position where I would get up and leave. There's only so many hits that you're going to be allowed to take in this league until they just look at you and say it's over. And, you know, I'm kidding here when I say it's collusion, but in a way it almost feels like it. It's almost like, Head coaches and general managers have it between them that once you hit a certain mark at that position, see ya. It's over. It's gone. And, and that's going to be very interesting. I mean, uh, can Leonard Fournette play for a playoff team? Is Leonard Fournette worth it to sign as a third running back? Get him lathered up second half of the season. Hope he can play in the play. What Dalvin Cook did last year or are you convinced that it's that it's over for this guy? He was lost in New York. I get it. Lost. But I don't even see him listed as top 10 running. I don't see the one of these two listed as top 10 running backs in the free agency market. If this was a year ago, think about it this way. If this was last year at this time, and Dalvin Cook, until he, I think he was released later. I'll have to look at the date. But when they came out at the actual free agency list of running backs or just players, it would have to be that Dalvin Cook would have been way, way up there. But it didn't work out that way for him. So, yeah, the Travis Etienne deal, man. You got May 2nd. It's another enormous decision that Trent Baalke is going to have to make. Do you pick up that fifth-year option? He's going to have to do it as well with Trevor Lawrence. To me, that's a foregone conclusion. And again, the money for Trevor, man, it's it's a significant difference. Um, you know, to to play with a fifth year option as opposed to play the franchise tag, so that makes financial sense as well. I'll give you those figures on uh, on ETN coming up here in just a couple of minutes. All right, when I come back, I want to spend a minute on golf. I, I I know I teased it at the top, but I didn't get an opportunity to really get to it. I'm um I'm really fascinated here. The uh, the Jake Knapp story. Is a, is a nice one, right? A very likable guy, you know, a bartender, a, a bouncer, a guy who was 434th last year on the PGA Tour rankings, his eighth start. 
and he wins it, and he did it by what? Hitting just a couple of fairways. The short game was spectacular. And I understand that there weren't a lot of household names. There weren't a lot of, you know, top golfers as far as the world rankings uh, were concerned playing last week in Mexico. But all of a sudden, this becomes the third time this year in two months, third time, you've had a first-time winner on the PGA Tour. Also in the same time period, only two months, you've only had one top 10 player win a PGA Tour event. That's scary. And the players is here in two weeks. Let's get into that a little bit. If you want to join the conversation, you can. 641-1010 on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosure. Getting just a ton in on the Jaguars. I'll, I'll get back to some of that as well. Again, same number, 641-1010. That's the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, RJ found the figures on uh, ETN. He would make $5,955,000 if he pick up his fifth-year option. Uh, yes, I'm doing it. For $6 million, there is somewhat of a different... That was... Uh, that was spot-racked. Or spot-track. It, 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 it looks like it says spot-rack, right? I don't know. I guess spot rack makes the the most amount of sense. Um, But then this one says $6,143,000. Okay. So we got two different sources here. Nonetheless, it's it's within a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? The 33rd team is which said it would be $5,955,000. Uh, spot rack said it would be six point one million. So yes, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Guy's productive. I mean, again, give him an offensive line and see what he can do. His catches have gone up. Um, he had a nose for pay dirt this year, which was seriously in question a year ago. I think that's one of the reasons why they went out and got Tank Bigsby, certainly for short yardage situations. So I would do that. You have until May 2nd. They also say here, according to the 33rd team, that the amount of money for Trevor Lawrence would be $21,978,000. And as I said a moment ago, the franchise tag would be somewhere around $35-plus So you're saving $13, $14 million there. And those figures could go up with the announcement of the salary cap, which is increased by $30.6 million. Wow. Up to $255.4 million. All right. I've always said this. All right. You could have a Duke, Kansas national championship for hoops. You could have anything. And when you go inside the uniform, sure, you have love and appreciation for players, but it's the school. It's the team. I mean, look what we just spent the first hour and change on tonight, talking about the comings and the goings of players. I just mentioned Miles Jack and got a little bit. Miles Jack was a huge favorite here. Very good football player and a fan favorite. Before you know it, he's gone. That could be Travis Etienne in a year. Be a lot of these guys. So, yeah, you love the players, but it's the team, right? You're a Gator fan. You're a Noel fan, whatever. You love the team. You love the players, but you love the team. You play for a national title in college hoops, which is the next championship that's coming up. 
it doesn't matter who's in the uniform. If it's Duke, you're pulling for him. If it's UNC, you're pulling for him, right? Florida makes a run, you're pulling for him. What about golf, though? You know, that's an individual sport. And, you know, I talked about boxing a little bit earlier when I used to have uh, two sports that I had my bosses fooled that I knew something about when I was in Chicago was NASCAR to come back here for the Daytona 500 where I covered them all. But there were big names. Dale, Dale Jr., you know, Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Dale Jarrett, Sterling Marlin, you know, the Allisons. You just had name after name. I remember guys like uh, like Dick Trickle, kind of a cult figure. Ernie Irvin, I remember when he had a great run. I mean, just, you went on and on, the Waltrips. Really don't have those names anymore. Remember boxing, the big names? Someone asked me earlier if I saw the Hearns-Hagler fight in Vegas live. I didn't. Arguably the greatest first round in the history of boxing. Go ahead and pull it up. You know, they were free. That fight wasn't. That was by the time Don King and, and others got their filthy hands involved. Remember once, Jay, uh, RJ, I had uh, Leroy Butler sit uh, in studio with me over at the ball, and Don King called in, and Leroy Butler said that he had just – seen a documentary on Don King and, and flat out asked Don King if he really did kill someone. Oh, do you think he did? I mean, with all that money changing hands, he has to have some well, story. Yeah. Uh, before that, yeah. I mean, he was, I don't know what he, I guess we can Google it. I don't know if it was manslaughter or involuntary manslaughter, whatever it was, but Jacksonville's own, Florida State's own, Reigns' own Hall of Famer, Leroy Butler. Ask Don King straight up, did you kill that guy? And it was one of the craziest things I'd ever ever witnessed in radio. But anyway, boxing, man. Why will the sports, right? You had, you had Ali and Frazier and Holmes and Schaefer's and Ken Norton. And, and then all of a sudden, you, you know, they dropped a, a level. And you had Sugar Ray and Hearns and Hag- And you had all these great fighters, right? When I got to Vegas... I'd see like Lennox Lewis take on some tomato can, you know, Callie Meehan or whatever. So boxing is kind of, it's still there for the people. And I understand NASCAR is still there for the people. I'm not trying to totally dismiss it. Tennis, man. When I grew up, tennis was huge. Connors and Borg and McEnroe. And it was big. Wimbledon was big. I could care less about tennis. I could care less about NASCAR. I find myself watching inside the cage. I love when they, I love when they come here. Big boxing matches, sure. I'll pay attention, but they're almost, you know, they're they're made for TV events now, right? With the Pauls or with Ingano, instead of doing what they do best, they they try to create something and take guys from the cage and put them in the ring, or try to take guys from the ring and put them in the. It's anyway, it's got an audience. I really worry about the future of the PGA Tour. And it'll have zero effect this year. It's 14 days away. You've already purchased your tickets. You're in a chalet. Uh, the big companies in town are going to sponsor it. And you overlook 17. And it's beautiful. I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. I love it. We'll be out there all week doing our shows. I'm free to do whatever I want during the weekend. It's an outstanding time, and I love it. 
But when you look at the names of the guys who are not going to be there and you look at what has happened on the PGA Tour this year, you had an amateur win for the first time in 33 years. Uh, 33 years. The kid out of Alabama, Nick Dunlop. An amateur went on the PGA Tour and won. Uh, Matthew Pavon won, first-time winner. And then, of course, this story with Jake Knapp, which is very captivating, and I'm always about a great story, but, I mean, in two weeks, and he's cleared. Because of his victory, he'll be here. He'll be playing in his first-ever players. He'll be playing in his first-ever Masters. Honestly, he's a, what, 28-, 29-year-old kid are there going to be legions and legions and legions of Duval's best saying, hey, man, we got to follow Jake Knapp around Sawgrass? This is going to be just incredible. Look at the leaderboard. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name. Sammy Valamaki? C.T. Pan? Stefan Jager? Justin Lauer? Patrick Rogers, Robert McIntyre, Car- uh, Carson Young, Doug Gim, and Andrew Novak. Th- those are your top 10 golfers. And I understand it was in Mexico. All right, we'll get a better feel once they, they head down south. The Florida swing is underway, right? Down south this week, Arnold Tournament next week at Bay Hill. Then they come through here in, uh, in, in, in Ponte Vedra. But is it going to be good enough for here? Yeah. Yeah, the players is run so well. The people of North Florida love it so much, and others will come in that this tournament is going to be fine. What about all these other tournaments? And I, we saw the, the, the fraternity atmosphere of a couple of weeks ago in Phoenix, and I think those tournaments are going to be fine. I, I, I think, you know, Pebble, and I think San Diego, and I think in um, – you know, uh, Riviera, uh, where Tiger had to remove himself in the second round, and, and Phoenix. Yeah, okay, I, I think those events will be fine. And I think this event here is going to be fine. But can that staying power last year after year after year after year when all of a sudden you look up and there's no Tiger, there's no Phil, there's no Brooks Kepka, there's no Bryson DeChambeau? I mean, think of the Kepka DeChambeau story two years ago. Look back on that. How exciting was that? For this, which many people consider a boring sport. I don't feel that way. I love it. I know most of you out there love it as well. Okay? But there are people that are like, golf? Are you kidding me? We have to watch golf on TV? You don't mind going to the golf event because it's a phenomenal party. And you would family. And it's, it's a great time. But the Kepka DeChambeau thing was great. Sergio Tiger was great. These guys are all gone. You know, you take the – and now on top of that, you take John Rahm. You took the champion two years away and, and Cameron Smith. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is still number one in the world and is still a huge part of the PGA Tour. But, man, he's about as boring as they come. Is he really going to move the needle? So I just I, – I am a little bit concerned about that. and I, And I'm not saying this in – a way where, listen, blame Jay Monahan. He should have saw this coming. The players have no trust in Jay Monahan. I've given you all my opinions on that. I'm just worried about this sport in general. Is this going to be able to survive with a bunch of guys that 
you don't know who they are. I, I've always said this. I think something that hurt hockey, and hurt hockey an awful lot, and I understand why they did it. They had to put the helmets on the players. But for those who are a little bit older, when you grew up watching hockey, you could identify who they were, whether they were long-haired guys or bald or whatever. You could recognize the hockey players. Today, you can't. They're all the same size. So many of these players from Sweden and Finland and Russia and all that, you know, it's the soft finesse style of hockey. Cheap after the whistle blows, they're going to give you, a, you know, a face full of a glove. But, you know, the tough Canadian brood hockey with a lot of members uh, from the United States of America, that, that tough brand is gone. And it's a more of a foreign style of hockey. They lifted the red line, right? They wanted more offense, so no more two-line passes. That's why you see a lot of cherry picking and a lot of two-on-ones and three-on-twos and that gimmick of the five-minute three-on-three in overtime. Still love the game. They had to make some changes, but I think the fans lost an identity because you can't recognize these players anymore. I mean, the same thing here with the PGA Tour. You're going to see four guys walk up who are all five foot nine, five ten, weigh 145 pounds, and hit it 300-plus. Don't miss fairly. You don't know who they are. There's no, I mean, if you are an up-and-comer right now, man, develop a freaking personality. The PGA Tour is starving for a personality. And there's just not any out there that I know. You know, you need a boo weekly or something. Uh, let's take another break. Let's do that. Roll with you tonight till 8 o'clock. Hacker Nation will join you. Great to have you with us. Any thoughts? Just hit us on the text line. That is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Uh, the 5190 hates my golf takes. He says, not sure who this guy is on air, but it's the most pathetic takes I've ever heard on 1010XL. Actually made me turn off my favorite radio station. Uh, my name is Rick Bull. I've been here 18 years. You are a freaking liar if you don't know my name. All right? I hope you lie to your wife better than you lie to me. Uh, Leroy Butler, Lee High School. I think I said Reigns, man. Imagine. Imagine my uh, embarrassment there uh, for the great Leroy Butler, who, of course, uh, played right here. And his story was phenomenal. Uh, the whole Bobby Bowden recruitment of him and his teammate Edgar Bennett, who, of course, both went over to Florida State. I was at Florida State the same years uh, as them. And, uh, hey, Leroy Butler now in the Hall of Fame. He obviously went in. Um, Tony Baselli went in. So we'll see who's next for both. Florida State, and uh, for the Jaguars. And if it's for the Jaguars, it could be Florida as well because I think Fred Taylor uh, could, in fact, be a year away. We shall see. I didn't like, you know, the whole Peter King deal. He announced today that this is it. Peter's stepping away 40 years in the business and very accomplished career with, you know, what he did at Sports Illustrated and what he continued on uh, with NBC, that whole football night in America and, Monday morning quarterback, uh, really good stuff over the years for Peter King, but uh, that was certainly not a great feel that, that Peter King left uh, when discussing the chances for Fred Taylor. Uh, 
would have hoped for a, a little bit better as far as that is concerned, but that was not the case. All right, we got a busy week. We're going to be with you uh, 6 to 8 the rest of the week, of course, tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels. Uh, but, you know, some things I want to get into involved the college football playoff, which I didn't have a chance to get into tonight uh, just because I was too busy. Uh, but we'll certainly pick up some of that on Tuesday. What about Eric Bieniemy as well? The offensive coordinator at UCLA. So that is going to end up being his next stop after a guy that we figured was an absolute shoe-in to eventually become a head coach in the National Football League. I'm not saying that he still won't get there, but, I mean, the feeling was is that was absolutely going to be the case, and it didn't end up being so. Uh, when it was with Eric Bieniemy, So uh, we'll talk some college football coming up tomorrow night. Remember, it's a huge day, though. At 1230, Doug Peterson speaks live from the Combine in Indianapolis. And at 1 o'clock, Trent Bulky speaks as well. So hopefully we'll get some information. We'll get something. Um, you know, they're not going to sit there and tell us who they like and which positions they're going for draft-wise. But I think most of the questions will actually be about the league year starting in two years and Perhaps a little bit more on Calvin Ridley with T. Higgins getting the tag today. Uh, will anything concise come out of that? That should be pretty cool. So looking forward to that coming up on Tuesday. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. Hacker Nation is here. What is going on, young man? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. How was uh, How was Vegas? Vegas was outstanding. Had a very good time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, Mob Museum visited that. You too. The uh, sphere. sphere. How was it? Yeah. Uh, it was in, It was as advertised. Yeah. It was absolutely outstanding. So, had a really good time, but it's even better to be back here. I missed you guys. Yeah, no question. A lot to do. Combine going on. And uh, I've always, I've said for the last week or so, I'm happy that Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke are meeting the media tomorrow because that means Wednesday moves finally will start being made. I didn't think they wanted to do anything until after they met the media, kind of like when Doug Peterson had that press conference and he fired Mike Caldwell three hours later because he knew he didn't have to talk for another two months. I think after they meet the media tomorrow – Maybe the end of this week or certainly early next week, they'll start making moves as far as releasing guys, re-signing guys, franchise tags, et cetera, just because maybe they don't want to deal with that before the uh, media session of the Combine. Yeah, and, and I think Jaguar fans uh, can hopefully expect something that is a little bit different from what they got in those last two conversations. Again, Doug Peterson showed up a half hour late. Yeah. He said that he needed time. And I was on air when it happened. It was three hours later where those firings came in. Three hours. I guess you can accomplish a lot in three hours. So if you're a Jaguar fan, you're like, what in the heck is going on? We just heard him say he needed some time. And then Trent Bulky was really defensive in, uh, in, in what I thought uh, was a pretty good Q&A. I thought the questions and the answers were good. But he was really defensive about everything. So maybe here tomorrow that stuff's gone and it's just – you know, T. Higgins was franchise tagged. Can you give us anything on Calvin Ridley? And he's not going to say, yeah, we're going to sign him. But sometimes, it, again, it's facial expression. It's body language. It, 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 it's a comment here. It's a comment there. You can maybe recognize something that you didn't going in. And I don't think T. Higgins is coming to Jacksonville. I'm not breaking any news there. But I heard a really interesting theory from one of my Cincinnati guys earlier today. Higgins is the only guy that's been tagged. <clears throat> 
you still have till March 5th to tag people. They tag him right before the combine. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that, hey, if you want T. Higgins, we're going to talk to you. We have no interest in keeping this guy, but we want you to know we're going to franchise him prior to the combine, but we're available and open for conversation. It was a really interesting thought because, again, everybody else is going to get tagged probably March 4th. The deadline's March 5th. They tag Higgins a week prior. Kind of interesting timing by the Bengals. Well, Calvin Ridley now could become the most attractive wide receiver free agent. I mean, Evans is 31, and we'll see what happens with Michael Pittman. But I wouldn't tag Calvin Ridley because there's a guy that needs to practice. You can't wait for him to show up. He was lost at times this year. Josh Allen's a totally different story. It wouldn't be perfect, but I think Jaguar fans feel like Josh Allen shows up, even if he does hold out as a franchise tag guy. He'll be all right. I don't feel that way about Calvin Ridley. No, and you can't obviously franchise Ridley. You're going to franchise Josh Allen unless you get a long-term deal, and I think we both agree that's probably not going to happen by the March 5th deadline. So there's a lot to get into. It's a fun time of year, and 14 days from today, two weeks from tonight, we're going to have so much free agency news, we're not going to know what to do with it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, what's coming up? Yeah, obviously previewing the combine. My guy Jeff Kerr, CBSSports.com, will join us to talk NFL Jaguars, kind of big off-season storylines heading in. And Ryan Fowler of Bleacher Report and the Draft Network up in Indianapolis getting ready for the combine. We'll stop by in the 9 o'clock hour. Now, is Fowler the one who keeps saying Daniil Hunter? There's a lot of people that are saying Daniil Hunter. Talking to Fowler earlier, he did mention Daniil Hunter, but there's a lot of guys. that There's a lot of smoke there with the Jaguars and Daniil Hunter, but there has been, right, for like a year now. Yeah. We heard this going back to last off-season – I hope there's fire to it, but again, we've heard this before and nothing happened. All right, that's coming up. Have a good show. Thanks, Rick. That'll do it for us. Thank you to R.J. Saunders. Just like old time. Good to have you with us. I don't check the text line. Now the show is over. If you want to get a hold of me, as always, the best way to do it is on Twitter. I always check it. That is Blue1010XL. Crazy week. Tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels, 6 to 8, Wednesday and Thursday, then Friday, 3 to 6. That's the way we're going to roll this week right here on your home of the Jaguars. Again, you can get me on Twitter, Baloo1010XL. Hackers up next. Talk with you tomorrow on a Tuesday.